This is Steven. And this is Tracy. And this is the Just the Two of Us podcast. Just the Two of Us podcast. Before we get started, we just wanted to let you know where you can find us. Um, you can find us on the following platforms. Podbean, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and TuneIn. You can also follow us on the follow so- following social media platforms. Facebook at Just the Two of Us podcast. Twitter at J-T-T-O-U podcast or you can also follow us individually you can follow me at Trayrific that's T-R-A-Y-R-I-F-I-C or you can follow Steven at N-I-P-S-E-Y all right let's get going (laughs) (laughs) you like that yeah yeah you're you're really chipper right now which is quite surprising that you're uh, chipper at this particular moment yeah. Given that the world is about to end. <laughs> well, we don't know when the world is going to end. <laughs> but it's coming, people. It, it's, you just it's, wait. It's coming. And yeah, if you're under, have been living under a rock, um, I guess you haven't heard that we just had a historic uh, presidential election here in the United States. A woman lost to a white man <laughs> in the election. So I guess that's kind of historic, but it's also a person who hasn't doesn't have any kind of experience in um in government, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, a lot of people are bummed about it. At least 60 million people in this country are upset about it, if not more. So uh, we were just thinking about, you know, what are ways that we can, like, you know, get ourselves out of these doldrums of, of depression after this historic election. So we came up with a, a self-care guide, so to speak, to um, music, movies, and television. So... You know, you guys can, um, you know, we just basically compile some of our, uh, you know, more interesting uh, movies, music, and uh, television shows that kind of help us get into a good mood. Um, and we were, you know, hoping to share that stuff with you. So maybe you guys can, you know, feel a little bit better about <laughs> whatever is ailing you, not just the election, but just suggestions for you guys to check out for yourself. And, you know, maybe you'll, they'll help you out when you're feeling down about things. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Well, I mean, let's get started. I mean, there's, um, let's talk about movies. Yeah. Because uh, there's lots of movies that I like. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm not someone who would say, like, I, I have a favorite movie because there's just so many movies out there. And, you know, I know mm-hmm. some people like to say, like, they have a fa- favorite specific movie, mm-hmm. but I can't narrow down my, my like, choices to, like, favorite movies. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of movies I enjoy. And I, I, one recommendation I have for movies for people who are feeling down, uh, if they haven't seen it, uh, one is Black Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie that came out about, oh, I don't even know when Black Dynamite came out, about, mm-hmm. about eight, eight, seven years ago. Yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, it's starring and written by Michael Jai White, uh, who you may remember from playing Spawn in a live action movie. He also mm-hmm. played Tyson in an HBO movie and a lot of... A lot of, you know, B-movie action movies out there. Mm-hmm. And Black Dynamite, if you, if, you have, if you haven't seen it, it's pretty much a spoof of 70s black exploitation films. And it's a really, really good, funny, off-the-wall movie. It's, it's, 
you know, it's a movie that plays with the genre of black exploitation. It's kind of like just imagine, you know, one of those absurd, uh, you know, satire parody movies like Airplane or The Naked Gun, um, but set in the world of black exploitation films. And it's it's not like the, the the best movie or the funniest movie, but it's one that I find myself, you know, watching from time to time and and looking up YouTube clips all the time and. You know, it, it's as a pretty diverse class, uh, you know, cast as far as, you know, different comedians and, and actors from around the world. I mean, Tommy Davidson's in it, Arsenio Hall's in it, Chris Spencer, um, what's her face is in it, what's her face, you know, um, you know, Jack A's twin, what's her face? Jack Hayes twin. You know, the the actress who looks like Jack Hay. And, you know, we always talk about how she look, like she looks like Jack Hay. Oh, my God, I cannot remember her name right now. Oh. Um, um, oh, uh, oh. No, I'm probably going to think of somebody that's not it. But I was at first thinking of, um, starts with an L. With an L, no. See, that's not, See, no. I'm not going to say Oh, my it. goodness, I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Well, she's in it as well. Uh, Sally Richardson is in it. Um... Yeah, so a lot of black people you know, uh, and it's it's just funny. I mean, if you're a fan of like movies like you know Shaft and and Superfly and The Mac, but you're also funny of you know a, a fan of like just parody movies, um, kung fu movies. Uh, I I would recommend you know Black Dynamite. Uh, it's a very like you know quotable movie in a sense. It's it's you know oh Michael T. Williamson is in it too. I just thought about that. Um, and there's so many funny quotes and, and situations where they really play with the genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, you know, what else I can say about it because I can't. I, People can Google it and look yeah, it. Yeah, you can Google it. Like I don't want to give you the entire plot of the movie, but you can you can do that yourself. So that was uh, one movie that I think is really good. You can check out uh, another one that makes me feel good, and this may be surprising because it's not a comedy, is uh, Die Hard, and. <laughs> See, you're laughing at me. So you would think, what, what Steven? No, you love that movie. I do. I love that movie. You like, talk about that often, and I'm sure like a thousand million trillion people have seen it. So Right. So, I mean, I don't have to explain much about it because I'm sure you understand the plot. You know, the movie came out in 88. But I like Die Hard so much because it's it's not necessarily a feel-good movie because it's a movie about, you know, an action movie about a guy taking down terrorists. But it's such a well-made film. It, it, it's a movie that when I when I watch it, and every time I watch, I'm thinking, man, this is like the perfect action film. People have said it's like the best action film ever, mm-hmm. and it's put together so well. The plot, um, the script itself is like one of the the best tightest scripts mm-hmm. that I you know, I've seen as far as action movies. Everything fits together. There's there's a you know there's a point where where everything ties in together. You know, at the beginning, for example, the beginning of the movie. Bruce Willis, you know, he's he's relaxing at his, his wife's office. He's taking off his shoes. And then that's when the action starts and he doesn't have any shoes. He grabs his gun. And then for most of the movie, and not the entire movie, he's running around with, without shoes on. <laughs> and But they, they it, it wasn't something they just dismissed because it plays into the plot of the movie where, you know, he has to run across glass and, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's barefoot. He, he kills a terrorist and he tries on his shoes, but he can't fit his shoes. And he makes a comment about the, this terrorist having feet smaller than his sister. <laughs> and everything ties together to the, you know, the terrorist plot and how they plan on taking, 
you know, the the misdirection that they're trying and taking everything down. Mm-hmm. And every time it's on television, I, I sit up there and I watch it. I mean, it was on TV a couple of weeks ago on WGN, and I sat up mm-hmm. there and watched it as if I don't have this, the DVD sitting over there in the box. <laughs> you know, it's like... Why do we do that? Like, I do that a lot, too, of movies like I own, and yeah, it comes on TV, and I'm like, ooh, I gotta watch this, like, as if I couldn't watch it anytime. Right, and then not only that, like, you can watch it anytime you want without... The commercial interruption right. without the other edits in the movie. Exactly. But for whatever reason, we don't watch them. But then when it comes on TV, it's like, ooh, I got to watch this again. That's so funny. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Die Hard is one of my favorite movies. And, you know, it makes me feel good, even despite the fact there's, like, a lot of violence and killing. But it's, it's something that makes me feel good when I'm, when I'm mm-hmm. feeling down and I enjoy watching it. Awesome. So for me, so I'm not a big movie buff. Like I, I feel like there are a lot of movies like out there that I should have seen and haven't seen. So forgive me if my movie selections aren't like, I don't know. <laughs> They're not probably anything anybody would watch. I have weird taste, I think. But for me, one of the, well, this is several movies because it's a, oh a multiple. Oh and he knows Here what I'm going to say. Here we go. And it's, it's like every time it comes on... Any one of them, I have to sit and watch it. But yes, I'm going to say just about any Harry Potter movie. Yes, love me some Harry, Harris Potter. Um, yeah, I didn't know we were going to go into depth about our movies. No, I mean, no. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But no, I was just going to say like, yeah, they're, um, I'm sure you've probably seen one. Come on. Usually they're on ABC Family. It's not even Which ABC is now family. freeform. freeform. <laughs> yes, I was going to tell the people they are now freeform. Right. Um, but yes, it is um, always on at some point. And so, um, yeah, I've seen all of them. I've read all the books. And yeah, they just bring me joy. They're just fun and entertaining. And I just like that kind of stuff, like the fantasy type of, uh, fantasy type of movies. Um, you know, I used to love watching... Um, Oh my God! Never ending story. Never ending story. <laughs> Mainly because of the song, but yeah, I mean, I just like stuff like that. I love, you know, I wouldn't say I'm really into Lord of the Rings strongly. Like I always forget what has happened, but I've seen it <laughs> over and over again. But it's a long. It's like I mean, you gotta really pay attention to movies like that. Um, but like that's basically the kind of stuff I like. So, um, but Harry Potter, I just love it. I love it mainly because like the books are so freaking awesome and the movies are awesome as well. So if you haven't ever checked those out, you should check them out. They're very quick reads, even though the books are like thousands of pages long, they're actually um, pretty easy to go through. And, um, yeah, JK Rowling is just an amazing writer. So yeah, I love the books, love the movies. Um, the other movie I put down, um, is the first Underworld. Because I just love hmm. vampire movies and stuff. Interesting. And that's the movie, like, whenever it's on, I, I watch it. I mean, they show them all, all the time. So, but I love the first one the best. Um, so, yeah, that is uh, my thing. I kind of like vampire flicks. And I have not seen every single vampire movie because some of them are just kind of too cheesy looking for me. Or So no Twilight for you? Oh, God, no. I've never seen Twilight. I'm sorry for anybody who's ever watched Twilight or read it. Like, I just... I just couldn't get down with the Twilight stuff, so I've never even, never even watched any of those. I've actually, I've seen probably like a few seconds of a Twilight when I it when I've seen it on TV, and I've just like changed the channel. I just can't. So no Twilight for me. No no cheesy vampire flicks, but um, yeah, I do kind of like vampire movies. So Underworld is one of my like all times, and I do own it. So. Um, so those are my movies. Those are kind of like fantasy, like things where you can 
really escape reality. And I don't. It's I don't all actually, about escapism. Yeah, yeah. It's all about that. I don't really watch these when I'm feeling down. I just watch them because I just. <laughs> <laughs> they're not my feel these aren't really feel good movies i don't think well harry potter's kind of fun but like yeah i just watch them because they're just really fun and so whenever i just feel i don't know anything bored or just whatever i just watch these yeah i mean like my movies weren't necessarily like <laughs> feel, feel good, good. Yeah, but, hard. but but yeah but it's but the good escape movies like right. I, I i i escape into that world you can completely forget and then i could forget yeah. that you know what's going on Outside the walls of my apartment. Right, exactly. All right. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, let's talk about music. Sure, let's talk about music. So for me, um, I didn't have like one particular song or one particular album, although I guess if I thought about it long enough, I, yeah, I actually have one in my head. But um, again, this isn't like, well, it is feel good music. It's it's basically any 90s R&B and hip hop, like just... Any? Come on. Well, okay, not any and every, but <laughs> just the genre of 90s R&B and hip-hop right. usually puts me in a good mood if I'm feeling down or whatever, or I just want to listen to something good that I know, like, isn't crap <laughs> for me. So, yeah, any 90s um, hip-hop, pretty much. But um, if I had to, like, pull out an album specifically... And this might come to a shock, to Uh-oh. a shock, but a lot of people love this album, and it's One uh, 112's first album. It's it's quite a classic. Really? Don't sleep. I know there's always this like back and forth between who's better, One Twelve or Jagged Edge, and I <laughs> I mean no, <laughs> there, it is a thing. There is a back and forth. Like people, some people think Jagged Edge, but I'm like, yeah. I mean Jagged Edge has some jams, but I really love One Twelve. I was more of a One Twelve fan, and their first uh, CD, can play it. I played that non-stop like when I got that like over and over again I could play it all the way through I used to write my college papers to that because it was just it just got me through mm. and I could just put it on anytime and I know you would have thought I would have said some sort of Mariah wouldn't you you know what I no I, I mean I thought maybe Mariah would be one of your choices mm-hmm. but no I, I wasn't expecting it to be Mariah I mean I also wasn't expecting to be 112 either so that's okay but I can pull out a Mariah CD, and it definitely is her first one. Like, Vision of Love is, like, the jam. Yeah. I mean, it's her first ever. But anyway. Back when she sung. Don't, don't. What? Don't do this to don't, me. I'm not doing anything. Don't do this to me. <laughs> what? That's back when she don't. sung. She was a singer. And she still sings. Mm. Don't. Don't do this to me on on <laughs> national <laughs> on, on national podcast <laughs> podcast all five of our listeners. No. Okay, so anyway, yeah, so I would say that but just in general like old school music, uh 90s, I mean that's the era I grew up in, so yeah. What about you? So you don't have any other music that was just it one to That was just it. I mean, okay. it's a whole big one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just a whole like anything like hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for me uh, my first choice for music, and you know, this I, I like a lot of music. Um, it's just that, you know, just like with movies, I can't like narrow it down to like, oh, this is my favorite album of all time right. or whatever. Because I I'm the type of person who like is I like albums and different aspects of different albums. But one choice uh, is Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, eighteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's the album. It's like it was basically like her real like breakout album that turned into a turned her into a superstar. I mean, she was already, you know, on the way there with Control in 86. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, like, you know, becoming a star and then, you know, overcoming, like, her previous albums that didn't really do much on the charts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with Rhythm Nation, it's when, you know, in 89, it's like, 
that was like the superstar album. She had like seven, like seven or eight top ten hits. It was just crazy. Mm-hmm. And the 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 energy on that album is great. With Jam and Lewis, you know, bringing that like Minneapolis funk, but they also brought this um, industrial sound to the album with the, you know, it's like um, bringing the noise, bringing the funk type drums and percussion and it's very mechanical sounding mm-hmm. and it's and it's you know most of the album is really upbeat you know it's you know you have from rhythm nation to like miss you much and mm-hmm. you know all right and it's it puts me in a good mood mm-hmm. you know yeah, and it's, it's also a hopeful album like a lot of songs are about you know making the world a better place and you know mm-hmm. the, you know we just need to work together and, and so it's also you know aspirational as well so that's one of my, you know, favorite albums and, you know, a, a go-to album that when I when I get into a good mood, I, mm-hmm. I put some Rhythm Nation on. Um, my second album, I would say, is, shouldn't it be a, come as a surprise to you or anyone else that it's uh, a Prince album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, Prince, I can easily say, is, you know, my favorite artist of all time. And one of my favorite Prince albums is Parade which uh, more commonly known as to, you know, people, lay people would be the soundtrack to Under the Cherry Moon. Mm. And that is one album where Prince really, you know, started playing with different sounds. I mean, it started with Around the World a Day in 85, but in 86, he started bringing more of a European sound. Mm -hmm. Some of the albums recorded overseas in Europe. And... It's it's a it's a good album. It really puts me in a, in a good mood from like the from the moment the album starts with Christopher Tracy's parade and and the drums that he hits. I mean he you know Prince Laura is like the first three songs he played the drums by himself in one take. He just went boom wow. boom boom one song mm-hmm. boom 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 one song boom boom one song and just did the drum tracks for the first three songs in one single take and just cut it up and put it in songs. And there's so much energy on that album I mean, he's he's having fun you know he's collaborating more with the band on that album mm-hmm. and it definitely puts me in a good mood and especially you know the, the the one song that really puts me in a good mood is life can be so nice it's um you know it, it's it you would think from the album and from the tone of the music it's like yeah this is a great you know life is wonderful let's dance party song because it really feels great but then when you listen to the lyrics i mean it's pretty much like an ode to like how good his lover is in bed <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 still very very good and really puts me in a good mood and like there are times where i would just you know put on the album and just listen to life can be so nice because it's such a a, a great you know poppy you know energetic song so Mm -hmm. that's one of my my favorites so when i'm feeling down parade is uh one of my go-to albums sweet (laughs) yeah so um that's movies and and music uh let's talk about television shows now i watch a lot of television Mm -hmm. i've had my entire Mm -hmm. life maybe that's what's you know held me back in life because i've watched (laughs) so much television from since i was a kid but i'm sort of like an encyclopedia of of, uh of television i mean i've watched so much television over years growing up Mm -hmm. Uh, i have a lot of faves i remember episodes and you know specific episodes of shows from like 30 years ago Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite shows and i think it's one of the best shows of all time uh is the simpsons I now I don't watch The Simpsons anymore because mm-hmm. uh, The Simpsons at this point I think they're in their twenty eighth season twenty seventh <laughs> so season and you know I I was a huge Simpsons fan and The Simpsons from you know 
for the first 10 seasons was a great show. And specifically from like seasons three to like nine or three to 10. I mean, there is nothing in the history of television that was better than The Simpsons in those seasons. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're looking for a feel-good show that makes you laugh and is thought-provoking <laughs> and very satirical, check out The Simpsons, uh, especially seasons three through 10. I think it was like the high point of the of the show. I mean, they, there were so many episodes that are just downright hilarious. So it's very, very quotable. Uh, one of the things that that I also liked in, in, in you know, products that make me feel good, like movies and, and television, is quotability. Like yes, <laughs> you love to quote things. And I quote, like, The Simpsons all the time. Like, what we just talked about last night. Are you saying boo or boo earns? <laughs> that is his favorite thing to say from The Simpsons. Because it it's funny. Because it was, it was, cause The Simpsons is so absurd at times. It's just things like that are just great and hilarious. <laughs> but and, as you brought up, there is something that relates to life. Yeah, everything. Like everything. Like it's amazing how something happens in real life, and you're like, "Oh my god, there was a Simpsons episode about that." Right? They like, talked about in the Simpsons. Yeah, like everything. Like they were just so good at like you know addressing so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can yeah, I can relate everything to a Simpsons episode. And then also, I mean, I think there was years ago there was like a. Um, you know, sort of like a backlash against South Park because people feel like South Park was trying to, you know, be like the Simpsons and a lot of things mm-hmm. they were doing. So then, like, the South Park actually, like, made, you know, titled an episode, The Simpsons Did It First <laughs> <laughs> because it seems like they were biting the Simpsons mm-hmm. so much. And it's funny because the Simpsons talked about everything. It's kind of hard at this point even to, like, do a television show or even maybe, like, a an animated show without, like, at some point, you know, referencing The Simpsons or mm-hmm. being inspired by The Simpsons because it was so, so prevalent. Right. And, you know, in its 27th year, I mean, it's still going strong. I don't watch it anymore, but, I mean, apparently mm-hmm. people still like it and it still gets good ratings. So mm-hmm. I will say Simpsons, seasons 3 through 10, three through ten uh, it would be a good pick-me-up. Another show, uh, which, you know, if, there's a, if The Simpsons relates to, like, everything in life or, you know, Always, you know, I can reference The Simpsons for something. Mm-hmm. If there's something I can't reference The Simpsons for, I can reference Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. Seinfeld is my next <laughs> choice. Because like Seinfeld is all about, as a show, the show's about nothing, but then also it's a show about the minutia of life. Like yeah. all these little social interactions and things that happen that, the, that Seinfeld can address. And Seinfeld is one of those shows that, you know, I could watch anytime. Like I'll, I'll sit up here and if there's a Seinfeld episode on television, yeah, we watch. I'll, we'll watch. You mm-hmm. know, and sometimes they'll show them back to back to back to back, like on TBS or something <laughs> like that. And I sit up there and we watch like three episodes or four episodes. <laughs> and like you're just now kind of like discovering Seinfeld. Yeah, a little I just more. start watching like and, reruns of it. And I was a Seinfeld fan from like the very beginning. Like I've watched Seinfeld since like the first episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the, not first episode, from the first season they had like the shortened like five episodes season one mm-hmm. back in like 80 89 or whenever it was so i've been a long time seinfeld fan and it's just it's just so <laughs> funny i mean it's like i just sit here and think about it and just start laughing yeah i mean because it's, so I, stupid. Cause it's 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 funny because like they, the people they interact with and people they come across it's like you can probably find you know representations of those people in your own like daily life mm-hmm. and and there's very diverse the type of people they meet um or you can see it evident and i guess when the show was ending like or they at one point they had like a clip show talking about you know just showing pre clips of previous episodes and they talked about like you know 
one guy, he's a high talker. He's a close talker. He's a low talker. <laughs> and there's so many people that just have these like very interesting, you know, personalities and, and quirky traits. Mm-hmm. And and I am of the belief that along with, you know, this might be getting like too nerdy, along with <laughs> the character of Garrick from Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, who I think is one of the best characters in the history of television. George Costanza is probably the best character in the history of television, like, overall. Like, George Costanza was, like, an amazing character. And, like, George always, you know, gives me laughs. I mean, because mm-hmm. he's such, he's a great, great liar. The fact that he's such an amazing liar, that he would lie about any and everything, whether it's, ne- you know, necessary or unnecessary. And, like, one of my favorite, like, liar George jokes is when... Or you know, it's you know, it's funny about George. I like the lengths he would go to to, to mm-hmm. do things. Like yes, he was dating in one episode. He was dating a woman. I'll be quick with this, but he was dating one woman, and you know, some other guy that he didn't like, he knew from his past. You know, made a joke to the woman like, you know, be careful with you know this guy George because like you know he'll dump you or something like that. Something mm-hmm. that was kind of insulting to George, and then George took offense to that. And, you know, he didn't want that woman to think that, like, you know, George is someone who's, like, eventually just going to leave. Yeah. So, George, you know, just talking to Jerry, he's like, you know, he doesn't know what I'll do. Like, I will marry this woman if I have to. <laughs> like, that's, what, that's the length George he's is so going to. He's determined. He's determined and, like, somewhat petty. and <laughs> Somewhat. So, he's, like, he's my favorite character on Seinfeld. And he's, like, one of my favorite, like, television characters of all time. And <laughs> so, watching Seinfeld, I mean, I know all the episodes. Like, you see me sitting up here, I'm quoting the episodes as we're watching them. Like, 25-year-old like, episodes. Like, you will come <laughs> in and see, like, 10 seconds of an episode and know, like, oh, this is the one where George, like, does this. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how? There's, like, like crazy. there's two, no, there's there's two shows I'm like that. Maybe three. But two shows I'm, I'm like that with Seinfeld. And I'm like that with Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Where yeah. if I see yeah. like oh 10 gosh. seconds of it, boom, five seconds sometimes. I know exactly <laughs> what episode that is. And sometimes with, Seinfeld, with, with Star Trek, I could give you the title of the episode of uh, Next Generation. Because I watched it so much growing up. I watched it. Whenever it came on, I, you know, the, it was a syndication. So, yeah. and the way the syndication was set up, each time they showed the episode, they would show it twice a week, each mm-hmm. airing. So they would show like episode like on Saturday at seven o'clock at night, <laughs> and they would show a repeat of it like the next day at like you know three o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. And then when they have reruns later in the season, when they show an older episode, they would do the same process where they would show each airing would be twice. Mm-hmm. So essentially, I would watch like four episode four. The same episode four times each season of Next Generation <laughs> while gosh. it was on the air. So, like, I know all the episodes and, and, and can quote, you know, some lines and, and know the names of the titles. So, this shows where I'm like that. And Seinfeld is one of them. Uh, Star Trek's one of them. And The Simpsons is like that as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard with The Simpsons because they, they move, like, a lot of times The Simpsons start off talking about one thing, like... The one episode that started with a uh, soccer riot mm-hmm. turned out to be an episode about like Homer buying a gun because it goes it goes in a different direction, so it's kind of tough to do that with The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. But I do know just about you know most of the episodes of The Simpsons between seasons three and ten. So <laughs> Seinfeld is my my other feel good show that I can I can always watch. Awesome. Well. I feel like I, I like TV. I watch a lot of TV, but I don't like watch a lot of reruns of TV. Although recently, as you know, I've been sitting here watching reruns of Will and Grace. <laughs> and you're laughing. I'm like, that show is 
so unfunny. I don't want to. I don't want to crap on your show, but like that's a really unfunny show. It's not unfunny. It's really unfunny. It's just unfunny to you. It is unfunny to it's me. It's just not your type of humor. Unfunny. <laughs> My type no, of humor is just funny. No, it's not. It's just not like the. No, you're. But see, I but, see, but you're somebody who likes and what? reveres. Chris Rock as like the greatest like comedian. No, I don't think he's the greatest comedian. Okay, well you think he's like he's top one five. of the best yes, for you. He's top five. Yes. yes. And so there are a lot of other comedians out there that I think are really funny that you just like Kevin Hart. Hello, you I like Kevin Hart. And I know that like, Kevin Hart has mixed reviews all over the place. But I'm just saying as an example, yes. your type of humor is I don't know, like, what would you say Chris Rock does? Like, story, anecdotal, <laughs> like, I don't know what, but whatever that is, I mean, it's it's just really well, it's your not broad. Type. It's not broad humor. It's like, scenario-based, I don't know. Well, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not broad-based humor that Chris Rock has. It's not like he's running all over, I mean, he does, like, get animated and moves around on the stage, but it's not very, like... Yeah, it's it's not broad as far as like physical yeah. physical comedy. Like he's yeah. more of a classic stand up. He's not like he he doesn't like do as much physically as other comedians and like it's more it's in some respects I think it's more reserved. But I mean there's times when he sure. does get energetic and, and, and sure. high energy in his shows. Well that aside, I mean, obviously Kevin Hart is very energetic as well, but like you're you're just you're just like he's not that funny. Well, yeah, but in, in my defense, yes, I, I don't. When he does stand up, I don't think he's funny. Mm-hmm. But, but when I see him like doing like non stand up stuff, like when he's like doing interviews or he's mm-hmm. doing like little yeah. bits, yeah, on, on talk shows talk and things shows. like that, you know, when he goes on Conan, like, yeah, I find those funny. Like okay. those things are funny to me. But when he's like standing there with a microphone and I see him like telling jokes, I'm like, no, that's not funny. But I mm-hmm. like it when he's just kind of you know being relaxed with footage or with um. You know, material that's like not prepared. We just mm-hmm. kind of just going off the cuff and mm-hmm. and joking around and improvisational. I find them funny in that respect. Okay, fair enough. I find them both funny in both, but whatever. I don't think there's a big difference. But okay, that's cool. But I'm just saying, like you have a. I think your type of kind of comedy is just different than the type of stuff that yeah I okay. didn't it, like. It and so anyway, with Will and Grace, Will and back Grace. to the yes. what I'm talking about here. Yeah. No, I just love Will and Grace, and like I mean, in particular, I mean, I like. Um, uh, Karen's character, if anybody's watched William Grace, Karen Walker, and I like Jack's uh, character. Like, those two together are, like, hilarious to me. And a lot, of, I will say, a lot of the episodes that you end up watching with me sometimes when you come home are, like, older episodes. They're not, like, the, you know, it's like every show, like, after seven-something seasons. Like, people aren't as funny and cool and, you know, at the end. But, like, the older episodes definitely are funny, but, like, there are just certain things about each character that I like that they do, and it just always makes me laugh. And so, yeah. I mean, I can admit sometimes Will and, and Grace are not always on it, but they were much funnier <laughs> in the beginning of their run mm-hmm. of the show. But anyway, so that's something that I watch all the time. But, like, other than that, like, I mean, I kind of watch, like, I don't know. It's, again, it's all about escaping things. So there are a few reality shows that I watch. I used to watch a lot of reality TV Um and now I, it's a lot of it's just so contrived. Yeah, it's just too. It's people don't want to believe it's scripted, but you should know it's scripted to an extent. Um, it's very put together, and it's very like yeah, it's, it's scripted. very scripted. You know, people think when they say well, 
you know, they don't think it's scripted because they don't think they're like actors and they sit up there and memorize they're not memorizing two pages lines, of no. Line. No, it's scripted in, in the sense where they are given direction on Pro- what to producers do. Producers are telling them like, hey, why don't you go over here and have this conversation with such and such? Like, right. And, then yeah. they, and the way the, the things are edited in such a way to tell a story. The exactly. Editors have a lot of power in these reality shows and editors right. essentially become writers and storytellers right. uh, in these if shows. If you look at the credit of just about any reality show, the credits uh, at the end of the show... There are story editors, <laughs> so boom, right? And it's it's all put together, and so anyway, I used to watch a lot of reality TV, particularly a lot of the Real Housewives stuff, and now I've just kind of like gotten out of it. But I still do watch one um, Real Housewives, and that's the Beverly Hills. I don't know why I'm just kind of addicted to. I just like certain people on that show, and that's why I still watch it. Um, other than that, the other thing that I watch probably the most, and um, yeah, that's probably the, yeah. I guess that's like the yeah, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, you and then, well, you know, you liked, uh, you know, you like Million Dollar Listing. So that's what I was gonna say. Million Dollar oh, Listing. Yeah. That's like probably one of my. That's probably one of my favorites because, like, yeah, it's reality, but it's like I just like looking at all the houses they go to. Right. <laughs> so there's like Million Dollar Listing, New York, and you like botched. L.A. Yeah. So another sh- <laughs> so another show I like. Yeah, I love botched. I I forgot about that. Yeah, I, can't I mean, I watch it with you, but I'm just thinking, oh my god, this is so. So disturbing. botched comes on E, and it's basically these two Beverly Hills plastic surgeons, and they and they help people who like have botched uh, plastic surgery. So people who are going to Mexico and stuff and getting right. tummy tucks, and then they come back and uh, they're like tummy tuck stitches open. <laughs> I know, like their stomach is like caved in, and it's like two halves of their stomach. It looks like the front facing buttocks. <laughs> So bad. But but they also help people who have like real life like injuries. So there's always like three cases, and usually two are like, you know, um, some sort of botched surgery, and then one is like something real. Um, They also always have some sort of weird case where it's like some porn star or something like that, and they're trying to get like triple Z boobs or something crazy, which they're just like, "Uh, nah, playa, we can't do that because your boobs are going to bust open. Hey. I'm making this much money having these two large boobs. Imagine how much money I would get if I had two boobs on my back and I doubled the boobs. I would get double the money. So they go to the doctor and say, look, I want you to put two boobs on my back. Okay, they don't do that. They don't do that? No. Well, they should. <laughs> just put two And they can just like keep spinning around. Oh, my goodness. That would be oh awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's horrific. Anyway, so, yeah, so I do love that show because there used to be this show on E, Dr. 90210, back in the day, of early oh, yeah, of early reality shows. And it was, again, you know, about plastic surgeons. But this one followed, like, different stories um, of, like, three or four different surgeons. And they, after a while, they kind of switched it up and, like, switched a few of them out as the seasons went on. But they did, like, six seasons. But anyway, so I used to watch that. I don't know why. I just love watching <laughs> People get plastic surgery. I don't know. It's like a weird thing. So anyway, I love botched. And yeah, some sometimes it's like kind of like, ooh, it like freaks you out. But they help people and they like fix mm-hmm. fix yeah. people. And like usually, like I said, there's like a real person, like their nose like got broken like several times as a kid and they went and tried to get it fixed and it just never got fixed. And so yeah, they, they, they always have a like a real case or at least two real cases. And then they always have this like, crazy like 
person well i don't say crazy person, but you know somebody who has like serious body dysmorphia yeah, yeah. and they're trying to like get all the plastic surgeon surgery in the world and look like barbie dolls and stuff and that's like really freaky and it is it's sad actually it's really really sad but so anyway so it's a, that's a that's a very entertaining show to me now that yeah. i'm like i'm sorry about. i, I had hijacked but that yeah. wasn't your, your second show was it Bosch? that was not my second oh. show my the one i just put i just put million dollar listing but really i just wanted to say some reality shows i watched are you know obviously those are great escapism every now and then i do still watch kardashians i used to watch like all the kardashians now like i don't really watch them like i used to like i used to like be serious into watching them because yeah you say what you want about the kardashians but at least the show to me is entertaining and yeah that that show is very <laughs> contrived if that's the right word put together um but i don't know it's like they're putting together something to entertain people so yeah. I'm entertained and I don't I don't mind it. It's like I hate with the Kardashians. Like I wish like I could just like hear about the Kardashians like through their show. Like I wish they just had just a show. And then you hear and about they, them in the tabloids. Yeah, and, and so that's why like you know they've gotten obviously so ridiculous. I mean the entire family. I mean it used to be just Kim and like now the whole family is out there over these years and it's like it it's taken away from my enjoyment of the show because I'm just kind of like uh like. I hear about them all the time, so I try not to, like, hear about them. But, yeah, I do still watch a show on occasion. I mean, God, it's, like, 13 seasons in. It's, like, ridiculous. They need to stop, but they probably won't. <laughs> so those are the shows, like, I watch here and there. Um, so now there's some other things that, like, I use. Yeah. I don't know if you – and you probably agree with these things, too. You might have some that you can add on. I don't know if you um, – will or not but whatever i'll just say like some of the things that i use to kind of like escape reality or whatever just kind of cheer me up boost my mood i watch way too much youtube i've kind of gotten addicted to youtube and i know youtube these days is like really for a lot of like younger people uh, like teenagers and whatnot but i love watching youtube um makeup tutorials and hair tutorials and now since i've been working out pretty steadily i've been watching a lot of like workouts and stuff and trying to get like health tips and workout tips and stuff like that. The other thing that I also engage in are podcasts. And I haven't been listening to too many um, lately, but um, I still do listen to some here and there. Um, one that you got me on is a His and Hers podcast. Um, you guys know His and Hers. Um, with Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. With Michael Smith <laughs> and Jamel Hill from ESPN. Um so I, I listened to their podcast, and I was also listening to, I mean, I think everybody was listening to the Serial podcast um, from This American Life, uh, the Serial podcast, uh, the first season, watching or listening to the whole Adnan case. And then I did start listening to the second one they did, um, and I have one episode left that's like been... I mean, they've been like done and over with the second season, but um, where they talked about uh, Bo Bergdahl, who was a um, soldier who was taken by the Taliban and that whole thing. And then he was um, held captive for five years. And then basically the U.S. government got him released. And there was a lot of controversy with that because as they started looking into it, it looks like he walked off his post and he wasn't really taken well, he was taken, but he walked off his post. So that was a really like interesting story. And I didn't finish. It was like 11 episodes and I did not finish the last one. So anyway, 
those are some podcasts that I listen to. I have I have some other ones, but like I said, I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. But those are really cool um, for me to just kind of like, you know, hear different perspectives and like listen, you know, and just like get out of my own head and like, mm-hmm. you know, hear other ideas and things. Um, there was a, another, not pot, well, they do have a podcast, but uh, I watch YouTube clips of um, TED Talks. I love TED Talks. I'm like obsessed with TED Talks actually. And they do have a TED Talk radio. Um, I don't listen to it, but I tend to go to the TED Talk uh, YouTube channel a lot and watch a lot of the TED Talks. So those are great because they, they span any kind of like field, like education, science, technology, whatever you want to listen to, a lot of self-help stuff, you know, and they actually have a lot of TED Talks about like, you know, like how to improve your life and like how you can, you know, find a career, choose a career. So they have a lot of um, awesome talks that I listen to and they're usually like 10 to 15 minutes long. So they're not too long um, to watch, but those are just some of the things that, in addition to the TV, music, and movies. Mm-hmm. Actually, those are probably things I do more so than, like, watch TV or listen to music or movies type of thing, so. Okay. Yeah. Did yeah. you have anything to add for that? No? no. I mean, I'm an entertainment guy. Entertainment drives me. So I kind of, like, you know, movies, music, television is, like, the main things mm-hmm. I, I do. Uh, I mean, I know I, <clears throat> I mentioned a lot of older stuff uh mm-hmm. you know stuff from like 10 15 20 30 years ago as my <laughs> entertainment choices but like but it's but they're comforting like, yeah they're comforting know, that's the whole point know, yeah and, and it feel good to me i mean as far as new stuff you know i mean i've watched you know new stuff lately there's some good good stuff out there that you mm-hmm. know i found good and not necessarily feel good i mean one thing i'll put out there is, is black mirror season three mm-hmm. and i mean i guess it's not really something you want to watch after if you're trying to make yourself feel better after the election, <laughs> considering it's not a good idea. Because it's, it's a type of show, it's an anthology series, and it's a show that's not very optimistic. It's a show that discusses man's relationship with technology and how technology, uh, you know, can pretty much like we think it's great and it'll help us do things, but like kind of ruins, yeah. you know, some, some way brings harm to humans. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like one of those shows where, like, you know, there's some kind of twist or irony in it where it's like, man, well, that kind of sucks. So <laughs> each episode, with the exception of maybe two, maybe, mm-hmm. end on a downer. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah. th- but it's very good. It's very well made. Right. Um, it's out of, you know, it's out of the UK, and the creator is Charlie Brooker. Mm-hmm. And the first two seasons, uh, you know, aired on the BBC, uh, season three uh, was bought by Netflix, and now Netflix has streaming rights to season one, season two, and season three. Mm. And I would highly recommend it. Um, in a sense, it doesn't make you feel good, but it is a good escape. I mean, it's a perfect yeah. escape because those episodes are all very, very engrossing. I mean, mm-hmm. they're very, they're very good. I mean, it's one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. now. And you know, I can I watch it when I go to the gym, mm-hmm. and I get on and you know get on the treadmill, and I'm watching Black Mirror, and then like boom, like the episode's over before I know it, and then like I'm done with my workout. It really helps mm-hmm. me get through because you you really get into it. And mm-hmm. season three is good. And season three has expanded it to you know get like bigger you know named actors like uh, Gugu and Bata Ra, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Kelly from House of Cards, you know, Doug Stamper, Doug. Um, Malachi Kirby, he's in the New Roots, uh, you know, miniseries, um, what's her face, Bryce Dallas Howard mm-hmm. uh, is in it, so check out 
you know, season three of Black Mirror on Netflix if you're looking for an escape. It won't necessarily make you feel good, but Mm -hmm. you'll forget about your current present day problems (laughs) and you'll worry about the problems of the future with this future technology. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to note too, I mean, if any of you guys are out there that are spiritual, Christian, um, I watch a lot of Joyce Meyer um, on YouTube and um, I also read a lot of devotionals on my Bible app. So those things also help, you know, put you in a better perspective, um, you know, just get you to thinking more positive, feeling better, feeling good and that, you know, life is going to be OK. So I do a lot of that, too. So just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Yeah. on that note, um... That's it. I don't have anything else. All right. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope uh, our our self-care guide to, you know, making yourself feel good. Uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. I hope you take some of our uh, suggestions to heart and check them out. And, you know, as we said at the top of the episode, you know, if you have any comments, let us know. You can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook mm-hmm. um, and also you can find our podcast on many of the popular podcasting uh, platforms just mm-hmm. do a search for just the two of us podcast and we are there so yep. we'll be seeing you guys next time all right take care